Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, Danielle Bezalow. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, join my crew on Patreon to win amazing prizes like our adorable merch, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private sessions with yours truly, and incredible sex toys. Go to patreon.com slash sexedwithdb to join my crew. Get discounts at all of my favorite brands at sexedwithdb.com. And follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. If you want to partner with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. In a world that constantly encourages you to change, it's bold to just be yourself. Sexual expression and satisfaction are different for everybody, so rather than conforming to others, focus on falling in love with who you are. Lion's Den sources the very best products to help you find what you like and help you feel confident expressing your sexual desires. You can get 15% off in-store and online using code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com to begin exploring everything about yourself. Follow them on social at lionsdenadult on Instagram and TikTok. When it comes to anal sex, what comes to mind? If you're a beginner like so many of us out there, maybe you feel scared, unsure, or just plain uneducated. Future Method can help with that. Founded by a doctor and anal sex expert, Future Method develops science-backed products and non-judgmental doctor-led education to maximize pleasure, eliminate injury, and empower the way people choose to play in the bedroom. They even have a blog started by the gay community and now for everyone that puts education at the forefront on topics both popular and taboo. Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at futuremethod.com. Finally, we can travel again. If you're like me, I bet you want a little pleasure while you're away, but can't fit your entire sex toy collection in your carry-on, huh? Say hello to the Magic Wand Mini. Born into such a famous family, this little wand has quite a reputation to uphold. Challenge accepted. Offering big power, multiple speeds, and unsurpassed quality, the full-featured Magic Wand Mini is more than simply a smaller sibling. It's here to create a legacy all its own. Want to win a Magic Wand Mini for your next trip or staycation? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwand to learn more. Excitement, intimacy, anticipation, contentment. Uberlube lets you feel all the things you want to feel when it comes to sex with yourself and with a partner. It makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Recommended by leading doctors, Uberlube is body-friendly, free of parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Plus, Uberlube is latex compatible, so it's safe, effective, and pleasurable to use with condoms. Try Uberlube now with code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Understanding how to love ourselves and our bodies can take practice, time, and energy. Freya believes that it's really important to invest in loving the body you're in, and pleasure plays a huge part in that. I know it does for me. When I'm able to access my pleasure, I'm able to feel and see my body in a whole new way. My pleasure empowers me. That's why I love Freya. It's more than a razor and a vibe. It's a movement to practice loving ourselves with intention. For those who haven't tried a vibrator, this is a great first-timer product to venture into and explore your own pleasure. Learn more about Freya and their self-love movement at highfreya.com slash sexedwithdb. Remy, welcome to the podcast. How is it going? Danielle, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Fucking stoked. Uh, You're our last episode of the season. Stop! Yeah, it's a big, it's oh a my big God. deal. We save these. We're slots. finishing with the girl who finishes. 
<laughs> yeah, that's going to be a bumper sticker. By the end of this, I'm going to go on to Redbubble and make it happen. Yes. Uh, cool. I'm really glad to talk to you. You're someone who I've been very impressed with and very much admiring Thank from you. afar. Uh, and, and just am really excited to talk about our similarities offline. We talked about how we're yeah. both East Coast Jews. There's just like a re- mm-hmm. already kind of a level of understanding that we don't really need to explain to other people. <laughs> There's just like some telepathy, some anxiety, some diarrhea, some like yeah. some things happening here. Danielle's like, I'm going to take a deep breath before this. I'm like, I'm going to stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're like, we're getting prepped. We're um, getting ready. But you know, for, for those who don't know you, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself or maybe they do know you and they just want to hear you introduce yourself and, and just talk about your podcast and what you do. Yeah. So hello, I'm Remy Casimir. I am a stand-up comedian and a podcaster and I host two podcasts. One's called Diet Starts Tomorrow, where we break down diet culture and all that stuff. And the other one is called How Come? Um, How Come I started because at 27 years old, I not realized, but I contended with the fact that I had never had an orgasm, not with a person, not by myself, not ever. And I was like, this is very frustrating. And before stand up, I thought that it was kind of like normal because my friends weren't really talking about them having orgasms or anything like that. So I was like, oh, everyone just must be like me. Uh, And then when I started stand up, I saw all of these women or AFAB people, non-binary people with vulvas, you know, talking about their orgasms on stage. And I would be like, wait, what? And I would like go up to them after and be like, oh, that joke was so funny. And they'd be like, that wasn't a joke. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I would like, ask them like what I should do. Or usually they would just like tell me things that they thought I should do because everybody was like, Oh my God, you poor baby. Like, they were like giving you, you lists. Far? Yes. They would give me assignments. They even called them like my friend Esther Steinberg. I'll never forget. She was like, go home, rub your clit for like 30 minutes, like really get in there. She goes, or I could lend you this guy and he's amazing at eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Did you take her up on that? I did not. Okay. Um, it's never too late. No, at the time I uh I really had to unlearn that too. I didn't think I liked having somebody go down on me just because of what I, you know, heard in the media guys don't like it or people don't like going down on pussies and I was oh, yeah. like I've I never want to make somebody do something they don't want. I've... I haven't. But fuck that. What the hell? You haven't? My boyfriend and I watched the first episode and then we were like I don't know. I mean, I yeah, definitely so. is very like bad towards women for sure. Yeah. Uh, and the reference that I'm making, th- no spoilers, the show is like 25 years old or something yeah. like that. So it's like, it's too, it's too fucking late. If you missed out, then this yeah. is your fault. But Junior Soprano, who's Tony's uncle, there's this whole thing about how- He calls it gay, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, Going I, down on a, or yeah. like he likes it. But then once it like comes out that he likes it, he like is so pissed about it. And everyone, mm. yeah, thinks that you're gay if you like eating pussy, which is just so funny because that is- the opposite Fellas, of what that is. Is it gay to eat pussy? <laughs> like, send what? your hot takes at eatingpussy.com. Um, no, no, that's a website. It's for so sure. funny that that's, that was a thing because one of my second episodes of How Come, I had a friend come on and he told me that his friends used to tell him jacking off was gay. And like oh. all of this is like homophobia that's unnecessary anyway, but it's all stuff that you're like, wait, that stuff's not even gay. Like, right inherently it it is not no Uh, yeah whoa okay okay so so but anyway so they would give me those assignments assignments and 
sometimes I would start them and then I would like give up halfway because I was just like, I'm broken. Like, this is sad. This is actually like depressing me. And then sometimes I would just not do it for the same reason. And then I, I kind of realized that podcasting was getting a lot of people work. This is some inside baseball, but I, I'm a standup. I wanted more work. And I was like, I see podcasters that are just getting on stage because like they have really successful podcasts. They're not even like that. Like, Smart. Big into stand up, you know, whatever. Like they, they just started stand up. They're getting booked everywhere. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to use my. Also, pain. I meant smart of you, not that they're not smart, <laughs> to oh, be clear. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Some of them not smart. <laughs> Some podcasters famously not smart. Um, myself being one of them. When I started How Come, I was very, very stupid. Um, but I started it because I was like, It'll help me get work, but also it'll help me do this thing that I really want to do. And instead of having those assignments be like these nebulous things that maybe it was like, I have to do one every week or every time I have a guest on. That was the the initial format was they would tell me about their first time coming and then they would give me an assignment. And lo and behold, blew my load by episode six. Oh, by episode six. So it took six assignments. What, What was the assignment that made you blow your load, so to speak? So... It wasn't even one from the podcast, funnily enough. Um, After I came out as anorgasmic, a bunch of people that I was friends with who were comics were like, oh my God, we have to have you on our podcast to talk about this. And one of them was The Good, The Dad, and The Ugly. And it's a podcast, three guys, they only interview females, AFABs, you know. Sure. The good stuff. No, just kidding. We're all great. Um, (laughs) But they were like, have you ever tried a clitoral suction device because we have a friend who like couldn't come and she tried it and then it worked for her and uh I was like no and I ordered it and it was like if you guys haven't tried these things like I used to think about oh how nice would it be to have like a tiny blowjob for your clit but there was never like an object Mm -hmm. when I was growing up and now there is yeah. And that is like, run, go buy them. They now at the time, I think the one I bought was like in the 200 range. Wow. Expensive. Expensive. Huge investment for your pleasure. Um, worth, worth every it. penny. Yeah. Totally worth it. But then I was, I was feeling bad for like recommending it to people that like couldn't come and also like couldn't afford it. So there are way less expensive brands. There's, um, the plus one air pulse arouser I love, and you can get it at Target and it has the same warranty as any other electronic unreal oh fantastic right um and then uh the girl's best friend from sweet vibrations it's a little loud but it's got one one end that sucks and one end that vibrates so it's like a real catch-all yeah and and okay so so men and those are in like the 30s you get right 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 yeah sweet vibes men did because rachel sennett who's an actress comedian she had gone on their podcast and was like this is the thing that worked for me Okay. And then it okay. trickled down to me. So really it was her telling them, telling me. Got it. Okay. And then, yeah, talk to me about like how it felt to do oh. that at the fir- like for the first time. Well, the first one that I tried, it was right before the episode five recording. And I was like, oh no, I better not do this because it's going to ruin this recording. So I put it away. And then right after we wrapped that recording, I was like, it's time. And uh, yeah, I hunkered down. I put a towel down because we'd done a lot of conversations about squirting at that point. So I was like, this will probably be me. Um, Put some music on really loud because I was living with my grandmother at the time. Okay. Not what I expected. 
Nope. Uh, thank you, Nanny. Uh, rest in peace. We love you. Thank Aww. you for giving me the space. Yes. Um, but yeah, she had come home right before I was going to do it. And I was like, could you just get in your room for like an hour? Like, and just like close the door. Like, so like, you know, I don't want any weird stuff happening. And so I still turned the music up because I was like, what if I scream? I didn't know how I was going to react. Like so much of it was like fear-based, I think. And then, yeah, I just went to town and within like 30 seconds, I feel I was like quite fast squirting. Yeah. And so I ran to the bathroom and I knew that I hadn't felt the orgasm yet. A lot of people don't know that like they're not one in the same, like you can squirt without having an orgasm. You can orgasm without squirting, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew that fluid was, it was pumping, but I, I hadn't felt that like, <gasps> that everyone said, like, when it happens, you'll know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that I don't know yet. So I like hunkered, I hunkered down again. I put my hands down on like the sink. I was looking at myself in the mirror. I was like putting the you setting up to like six. I was standing, which don't try this at home. <laughs> I mean, like you might as well. Um, but I put it to the highest setting and I was like, you're going to do this. Like you're looking at, you're like, you're going to do this looking at myself. And then my knees gave way and they were like, it's time to get on the floor. And I did. And I was on my, I think on my hands and knees. And then I was on my back and it was like six orgasms, like sequentially. Oh my God. And they were like all like stacked up, like ready were, to. Were, it was <laughs> literally like, you know, when a, a garden pipe is like pinched and oh you just like God. let it go and everything's like whoosh. Like that was me. <laughs> Um, so yeah. And then I was so happy, but then I immediately started crying because I was like, Oh my God, do I have to end this podcast? (laughs) What am I going to do? Am I going to, yeah, to trick everybody? Um, and I had also just accepted, there was a show on Netflix that, um, it's called explained and they reached out to me because they were doing an episode on the female orgasm. They were like, we want to talk to somebody who hasn't done it. And I said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I'll do it. And then I did it and I was like, oh my God, they're going to fire me. Like they're yeah. not going to want me. Right. But not true. I still did the show. Thank you to explain. I mean, it's still, you know, <laughs> for years and years and years, you still hadn't experienced Until that. 28 years old. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I have so many more like follow-ups. I got, first of all, like congratulations. I think like while orgasm Thank doesn't you. have to be the goal, like it's fucking awesome for a lot of people to experience oh, orgasm. Oh my God. It's so fun. And being able to experience it alone. Like, I know it's not always the goal in sex with another person because like, you know, it's intimacy and it's touching and it's being held and stuff. But like, I feel for me, the goal was always do it by myself. For sure. You know, like feel really self-sufficient and like be able to have like, it's a tremendous stress release. Like it's good for your body. I didn't realize that. Like all we learned in sex ed was that like penis, vagina, baby you know? Yeah. And I was like, if you want to teach us not to have kids, like teach us how to masturbate. Correct. I mean, I think it's unfortunately so wrapped up in like ab only and religion. And there are so many pieces to it uh, about shame and about who is teaching that information. And more likely than not, they weren't taught that masturbation was an okay and and celebrated, should be celebrated form of of pleasure and self-expression. But they talked about it a lot for people with penises like they were always like because oh, of the boys will be masturbating all the time yeah and they're gonna have boners and because of the boners because like, of the don't boners. make fun of their boners right. yeah like they're gonna have boners yeah and i would be thinking i'm like well like if if clits were having boners which they are same embryonic tissue but i remember sitting there and going i'd have a boner all the time i have a boner right now absolutely you know like people just can't see it yeah there's also have you i'm <laughs> assuming you have have you seen pen 15 
Yes. Okay. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Listener, if you haven't seen Pen15, run, don't walk to your Hulu account or steal Mm -hmm. your family members as I do and watch all three seasons of Pen15 without getting up from your couch um, because it's so good. It is basically 31-year-old actor actresses who are mm-hmm. playing themselves, but they're in the eighth grade as in the early- year olds <laughs> Yes. And exactly. As 13-year-olds in the year 2000, and all of their castmates like in school with them are actual eighth graders and or seventh graders or whatever it is. And it's fucking yeah. hilarious. And there is a masturbation episode where they really depict like kid like her getting like super horny and like there being a heartbeat in her vulva and like all these (laughs) random things that like make her horny like they're reading about like desert hills and she's just like touching the hill like on the textbook and she's like her nips are getting hard and like it's like this whole thing it's so good but okay so i love that they have adult actors doing it because it's it's like okay, we can feel okay about watching this. Like we know the story that it's a child, but like, I wouldn't want to watch a child do that. No, 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 no. I mean, I think, but I think like Bo Burnham's eighth grade, right? Like there are similar themes. I I never saw eighth grade. I need to. It's very good. It is an actual, like, you know, young people cast and centers a young person. And there isn't really stuff around like masturbation, but it is around like there, you know, awkwardness and puberty and relationships and friendships and like trying to be someone mm-hmm. in this age of the internet. Like we're lucky that we didn't really have to do that when we were that young. I feel like for young people today, it's very stressful and like a lot of like perpetuating this idea that you have to be cool and you have to be, I mean, there is still that, but now it's like the mm. internet is involved in that and social media. Yeah. Yeah. Which is tough. Okay. I was going to ask a follow-up question about when you were a kid were your mm. like girlfriends like talking and your guy I'm assuming your guy friends too like talking about masturbating and what what were were you ever like feeling like I I what you were masturbating you just never reached an orgasm or what was that experience like for you when you were younger um yeah boys would talk about it kind of like their whole thing was mainly just being like oh we're all together let's watch porn um so that was that was certainly something And I didn't have any close girlfriends that we would talk about it with. I remember at camp, there was one girl that would announce that she was masturbating and other people would be like, yeah, me too. And I have always been of the mindset that if I'm not going through it, it doesn't exist. Like you're lying. You know, like when I was really little, I was like, allergies, please. You're dramatic. You know, (laughs) Um, I don't have those. You're just seeking attention. Um, And so there was conversation around me, but I just, I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no girls having orgasms. Like I've been masturbating every night. I, and it's not happened to me. So So you were, Oh, all the time. I had my hands in my pants all the time. Got it. So you were engaging in the pleasure and it felt good. And you were just like, this is cool. And this is enough for now. Well, and it would always get to a point that I'd be like, now what? Right. Because it it didn't reach that peak for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I also was very hole centric instead of clit centric. Right. For some reason, I thought the clit was a dirty word, a dirty thing, and also just not true. Like when people would be like, that's the thing you have to focus on. I was like, no, but the sex is the penis vagina. So that's what you work on. So I would like put like um, a hairbrush, like the handle, I would put like a condom on it and like try to put it up sometimes, you know, like dildify your hairbrush. Right. Um, 
And I didn't realize, which I learned on like, I think the first episode of How Come that I think it's only like eight to 25% of people with vulvas can come from just internal, yeah, like penetration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody else needs clitoral stimulation either before or like during. Exactly. Yeah. The stat I have is like, yeah, se- exactly the inverse of that 70 to 80% of yeah. people with vulvas need or desire clitoral stimulation in order to reach orgasm. Yeah. Which is a lot. And we don't even teach about it. Not me. At yeah. all. So were you not using sex toys until the suction No, no. I did. Um, I had a boyfriend, my first boyfriend. I started dating my senior year of college. And two years into us dating, I said to him, I think I've never had an orgasm. And he was like, okay, we should probably work on this. Wait, I need to a- pause you. Two years into you dating, he didn't yeah. recognize that throughout nope. the sex you were having? Nope. I don't like that. Um, yeah, I don't love that, but I also... You wouldn't fake it. No. Okay. But the way that he explained it was like, you always seem to be having a good time. And I was like, yeah, sex is fun. Like, I'm I'm making love with somebody that I care for. You know, <laughs> like, I love kissing. I'm a... Yeah. I'm a child raised on rom-coms. Like, of course, sex is fun. And I, I was coming from a world where sex is validating. And like, yeah, that is what I was enjoying. But he was never asking, like, did you come? Or like, oh, you came so hard last night. You know, like, he just kind of assumed. And he said, everybody I've ever had sex with came or whatever. And so he thinks. So he thinks, right. I was like, are we doing the same method with them? We're just not asking and assuming. <laughs> right. Then yeah, you're going to have a pretty good record. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm, I'm going to assume everyone who's ever met me loves me. Right, How about right, that? Right. Yeah. Just yeah. to ease my, my anxiety. And no so, one's told me. Right. And right, I never right. asked, but yeah. <laughs> but he entered, he did some sex toy stuff with you? Well, I said, I haven't done this. He said, we need to work on it. And um then I started speaking to my girlfriends about it. And one of them gave me a book that's actually, it's on the, the cover photo of How Come. It's called Sex, Sex, Everything You Need to Know. And so that was one of the things. And she was like, and you should go get yourself some toys. So I got myself like a simple vibrator from Babeland. And I got the rabbit that I had learned from Sex in the City. It was good. Yeah, we used those. on. Actually, I had gotten the rabbit earlier. I got it in college at like a sex toy party. That was like a friend's birthday. Nice. Used it once was afraid of the fact that it looked so penis-like mm. and put it away. Um, but yeah, he would use that on me. We would try stuff, but it just didn't work. It wasn't, wasn't happening. Yeah, I think I think there's just a lot of pressure, no pun intended, uh, around sex toys for them to be like, all, for all of them to be for everybody or for right. like the ones that work really well for some people are going to work really well for others. And I think that they're... Right. For most people, they have like two max toys that they just use all the time. Maybe there's different scenarios that they use them in, or maybe there's a couple more that they use, but they- Sometimes it's a cocktail. They need two. You know, like everyone is so, so very different in what they respond to. Like we talk about this on Diet Stars Tomorrow with food. Some people feel more comfortable having like an all veggie, like really like healthy diet or whatever, and that like gets them going. Some people like myself feel better after like, 
nuggets from McDonald's, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, you have to listen to your body and you can't, you can take advice from other people and like try everything for sure. Mm -hmm. But like, there's so many toys now. And if one doesn't work, it doesn't mean that it's like the end of the world for you, which is kind of what I assumed. I was like, I I thought the rabbit did it for everyone. Yeah. Like I thought the vibrator bullets did it for everyone. Like that's what I've heard. And then I I really thought I was doomed because the suction toys didn't even exist at that time. This is 2014. So this is a Um, newer invention perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And there's new ones coming out all the time still. Mm -hmm. So, and what's funny is now, and it's not funny, haha, but it's like, since I have unlocked orgasms with the suction thing, I know more about my spots. Like my clit, I'm a upper left-hand quadrant person. Mm Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that when I was using a vibrator before, but now that I know it, I can use a vibrator in that area and it works. I can instruct my boyfriend in that area and it actually works. Right. Um, so it's cool. Let's play a little fill in the blank game where you have to guess what goes in the blank. Cosmopolitan Magazine called the blank the little black dress of vibrators, and Time Magazine named the blank among the top 10 most influential gadgets of all time. Even at 50 years old, the blank is still turning heads as the most recommended and best-selling massage wand in America. Any guesses? The answer is the magic wand. It's loved by millions for a reason. It's powerful and hits all the right pleasure points. Want to see what all the fuss is about? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwand to learn more and see how you could win your very own magic wand rechargeable. Let's talk about lube and condoms. Something important to know is that oil-based lube is not to be used with condoms because the oil can cause the condom to break or tear, which would defeat the purpose of using it. Thank goodness for UberLube. UberLube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. But wait, there's more. Dispensing two drops of UberLube inside a condom and a measured pump outside will increase pleasure. What are you waiting for? Use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, board certified OBGYN, and you may know me from social media where I spend a lot of my time educating about everything reproductive health. This podcast is called Let's Talk About Down There, and that's what I'm doing. I am talking about down there with no shame, no stigma, a lot of fun, and a lot of education. And why? Because when we talk about these things, we educate and we empower ourselves. Call in, leave a question, and know that it's okay to have questions about your body, and we're going to answer them. Five reasons you will masturbate more with Freya. Number one, masturbation increases the release of endorphins, which decreases stress, tension, and depression. Number two, masturbation can help you sleep better. Number three, masturbating can help strengthen and tone your pelvic floor. Number four, masturbation can lessen period cramps. Number five, masturbation can empower you to know your body better and know what feels good. Freya is the innovative premium razor and vibrator in one that gives you an amazing shave and the best clitoral workout ever. Use code SEXEDWITHDB to get 20% off your Freya. And for a limited time, you can enter to buy one Freya and get one for your bestie for free. Enter to win at highfreya.com slash sexedwithdb now. Let me tell you about one of my favorite sex toy shops out there, Lion's Den. If you haven't heard about Lion's Den before, I can't wait to tell you all about them. Lion's Den first opened its retail facility in Columbus, Ohio in 1971. That's right, over 50 years ago. Since then, they have grown to more than 50 outlets throughout the U.S. 
Building its reputation on high-quality products, low prices, and a knowledgeable sales staff, their staff are also sexual wellness experts who can help you find the perfect toy. One of the many things I love about Lion's Den is that they advocate for a sex-positive perspective on intimacy and sexual well-being, and strive to break the stereotypes and stigma surrounding sex by providing comprehensive educational resources to empower everyone to enjoy life to the fullest. They're simply amazing. Lucky for you, Lion's Den is giving my listeners an exclusive discount of 15% off your purchase in-store and online with code SEXEDWITHDB at lionsden.com. What are you waiting for? Get your amazing Lion's Den toy now. When it comes to sex, most of us have never had access to proper education, especially when it comes to the butt. This means both beginners and experienced players have had to turn to porn, friends, or Reddit to figure out how to properly prepare, play, and care for our butts. This doesn't sound safe now, does it? That's where Future Method comes in. Future Method was founded by a doctor to help people have informed, healthy, amazing sex. Because we should feel good in our skin and when we're playing with our partners. If you want to learn more about how to bottom safely, go to futuremethod.com and use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off their amazing products. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, once you you reached orgasm after, you know, episode five and you're what? Six, over a hundred After episode six, you're over a yeah. hundred episodes now into your podcast? Yeah, almost 200. Holy shit. That's, first of all, congratulations. That's Thank you. That's a lot of content, a lot of dedication. I think we're on, like, 130 or something like that. Nice. I don't know, around then. So, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of stuff. But I'm wondering like how you kind of unlocking that next level of your pleasure Mm -hmm. has impacted like sex with yourself, sex with a partner, your confidence, how you feel about your body. Like what has it changed for you? It's all of the above and in such positive ways. Like I literally feel like my own girlfriend now, which is really nice. Like I no longer need my boyfriend. I just want him. Mm. And that's really nice. And I think I've, been able to speak up more in the my sister always says this if you can speak up more in the bedroom you can speak up more in the boardroom and vice versa um like it's just made me a more outspoken person in general more confident um and yeah like more secure in my choices and definitely I think quote-unquote better at sex because before I thought it was like okay how do I do it to get him to come as quickly and explosively as possible and now it's like okay how do I get both of us to have a really nice time. Yeah. Maybe it takes like the, the worry a little bit off of it. If you're just feeling like, Hey, like I know now how to Mm -hmm. get me to this place. So we don't really need to focus so much on it, or I don't need to Mm -hmm. obsess about it. Or like, and he's really great too. He's not one of those guys that feels threatened by toys. Like he's like, this is a helper. You know, that's exactly right. It's an alley-oop. It, right. It, it's it's a teammate, right? It's just it's kind of teammate. like, why would you feel like you need to compete against something that can vibrate like the Dickens and right. you can't do that? And there are all these I know different- your body can't do that unless no, you're like having happening. a seizure and right. we don't want and I don't, that. I don't want that. We're taking yeah. you right to the ER if that's happening. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about like, I want to hear some of the the guests that you've had on your podcast, because you've had some yeah. really awesome guests. Some of the ones that I saw were uh, Margaret Cho, like Dr. Emily Morse, who's like sex with Emily, you know, she's like the yeah. goddess of the sex yeah. podcast world. Yeah. 
And I want to know, like, what are some lessons maybe you've learned from like any particular guests that stand out? Um, lessons from specific guests. I th- okay, so one of our biggest guests that was really like wonderful to have on and just so surprising was Fran Drescher. Um, love her. And love her. And she was so open about her experiences, um, specifically surrounding sex and trauma. Um, and that is a massive thing that I've learned from not just her, but like a bunch of our guests, um, just her being at this level really showed me like the majority of us have been through some kind of trauma or assault. And I always associate that very closely with pleasure or a lack thereof, because how could we feel like our bodies are important or our bodies are our own when other people have made us feel otherwise? And just, yeah, acknowledging that and taking back the power as people who are survivors um, and realizing like you still can be a totally sexual person and that it's not totally far gone. You're not broken. You know, everybody can have a healing journey and become very successful in life, but also in sex and orgasms and self-care and stuff. That one I thought was just like really huge because I don't know, you see very confident people and you assume nothing bad has ever happened to them. Right. That you're the only one. And yeah, there's a, there's a lot of solidarity out there, which has been really nice. Yeah. Have you seen the Pamela Anderson documentary yet? I haven't watched it yet, but I um I was just finishing up. My friends have a podcast called Celebrity Memoir Book Club and they did hers okay. and I've been listening to it. So I, I I'm really excited to watch the doc next. Yeah, I won't spoil it for you, but it definitely brings up those exact themes of like this idea of how I can, know. Yeah, yeah like what happened can, to her. Yeah, like how can we own our pleasure while we're like in the midst of being like assaulted or, you know, like mm-hmm. our consent is being broken or, you know, how can we like remain ourselves? And I was just, I didn't mm-hmm. know her story that deeply before. And like, I mm-hmm. have so much empathy for her and like so much love for her now that I watched that and saw yeah. it like in her words. And she was really like the one who was controlling the narrative where like her whole life she yeah. wasn't. Well, that's, what's really interesting about her too, is I've always seen her as this person that of course, she is struggling because she's been objectified this whole time. Like let's take assault out of it. Like as women or people grown up who've grown up um, in AFAB bodies or were raised as women or whatever, you're expected to look a certain way and cater to standards of a male gaze or standards that aren't your own or whatever. And that makes you feel disconnected to your body too. Um, So just learning that she has these additional layers, I was like, man, You've really been through it all. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, she like talks about choosing and being empowered by Playboy and like posing nude and like how that was a choice of hers, right? And Mm -hmm. like, and there were just so many things that were out of her control with the whole sex tape incident. Mm -hmm. And like, you'll, you'll see it. I just highly recommend that everyone. Sex tape crime. Yeah. yeah, lit- It was literally a crime. Like, like literal, the first revenge porn, but it wasn't it, even done by the person that yes, she did it with. Right. 
Like, Should this we just is a spoil crime. it for people who, who don't know because it's that important? How do you not know? I, I don't think. I don't think that we're I talking knew. about twenty-year-old stories, Danielle. I know. And we're like, spoiler alert: I, OJ did something okay. bad. Okay, okay, okay. Fair critique, but I'm just saying. I don't <laughs> think I knew the detail. The fact. Okay, whatever. I'm just gonna say it. If you don't know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like her and Tommy Lee were married. They made a sex tape. They put it in their safe in their home. Mm-hmm. They had construction going on for months at their house, and someone, uh, who knows who, construction worker, a construction who was worker, on their someone house. who came on and off the property, maybe a manager, who knows, stole the safe. No, we know who it was. Oh, you do know who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of this was documented in the un—I mean, it's not unlicensed. The the show Pam and Tommy that was on Hulu. And they go over that in the documentary and she's not happy about the show. Of course she's not happy about it. Of course she's not. And do you know how they even made the show without her consent? No. How did they do that? They bought the rights to a Rolling Stone article written about their relationship. That's so So it's up. like the rights to your story, but via someone else's story about it. Like That's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. So they and figure out who did it. Oh, yeah. Is this person being tried? He, he, I believe he was. I don't know. I don't know. I need to look into that more. But he was a guy who was working on their house and he, um, they tried to make him a sympathetic character. I watched the first episode. That's what they talk about in the documentary of being like, did you know that they're making it seem like Tommy Lee did something to provoke this construction worker to steal the sex tape? He owed him money. And it's like, okay, but. What like you're? That's not, and that's not even what happened. Not tit for tat, and all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's fake, and it's just so problematic that she, again, like it's traumatic for her because she literally had her property stolen. And then she talks about this in the documentary, but she's literally like in the courtroom being mm-hmm. like, my property was stolen off of me, off like my property. I didn't consent to this. And then fucking lawyers are like, well, you pose in Playboy. So you're like basically a slut, right? Like, what does it matter? It's like no. the most fucked up thing ever. And no one yeah. really talks like, I'm glad this is out and it's getting pressed now, but it's too late. Do you know what this kind of reminds me of though, is what a discourse that's going on right now is, um, there was a Twitch streamer who um, she, I guess, plays video games or something like that. And somebody made deep fake porn of her. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. And it got sent around or whatever. And she is rightfully disgusted and upset and like feels ruined by this or whatever. And there's this discourse that it's like, well, like there's, there's women that they're already doing only fans or whatever. We're just whatever. And it's like, there's the consent factor. When somebody makes OnlyFans or somebody signs up to do Playboy, they are signing up to do that. And they're making they are money allowing off of you. It. You can still go see Pamela's Playboys if you want to. Right. You can still sign up for people's OnlyFans. Yes, give them the money. Give them their due. It's the same – like, okay, somebody posts a thought, thirst trap on Instagram. Amazing. They're allowed to. They're saying, look. But once you take that person's face and likeness and you do something that is – without their consent that's disgusting completely and it's, it's all disgusting about power. it's a crime yeah and it's it's, it's all about this feeling of well i like it because they didn't want it out there yes you know and that's people a love when there are celebrity nude leaks right but they didn't buy the magazine yeah so you don't just want to see her naked you want to see her naked against her consent 
And it's not a surprise based on what kind of sex education people are getting, based on the fact that sex and masturbation and uh, conversations around that are so taboo that it's been put in this underground proverbial space where people Mm. aren't allowed to access it unless they're doing a naughty thing and then it's sexy because they can't talk about it. Well, that was the thing I was saying with like the boys who would show us porn and stuff. The porn that they were raised on, the post that porn that most people were raised on until recently is very male centric, penis centric porn. It's how to get the guy off and the women are being used as fleshlights basically. Yes. Like that's what they're learning about consent and sex. Um, Now there's a lot more porn that's made with like people in mind that aren't just men like it's made there's female made porn there's mm-hmm. a whole website called make love not porn yeah. where it's like we've had cindy on our, submit on oh our amazing yeah. yeah um she's unreal i want to yeah. get her on how come oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah um wow yeah and maybe i'll just listen to your episode you could uh, do both <laughs> why not to both end kind of thing Por que no los dos? yeah uh, okay, we're we've gone on a, a good tangent, but I do kind of want to want to get back to um to to this idea that like for you and back to like you kind of like go like doing how come and kind of making mm-hmm. this part of your career, right? Like mm-hmm. how have your like I mean, speaking of like how the media affect women, like how has yeah. you have you doing this and making this something that you talk about your pleasure and you talk about your orgasm or lack thereof um, mm-hmm. affect like your family, if at all, or how are they supportive or your friends or your relationship? You mentioned you have a boyfriend right now. Like, yeah. is that something, are they kind of like also in entertainment? So they understand, or has it some been something that you've had to kind of like negotiate or explain like what's, I guess, like mm. what, what happens around that? So my parents are both medical professionals. Okay. Um, what do they do? And so my dad's a surgeon and dermatologist. My mom is a registered nurse. And my mom's an OBGYN, so maybe there's a, yeah. yeah, there's something here. But so they've always been very sex positive people in general. Like we didn't have too many sex talks, but I remember my mom saying sex is supposed to be fun. Cool. Which is really great. Um, and because they come from a medical field, they know that it is important. Like they were like, our daughter is missing out on something that's like physically good for you. And they were very supportive of that. My um, sister was super supportive. She was a researcher at John Oliver at the time. So she came on and reported with me and did a bunch of my initial research um, just to make sure all the stats were correct and that I didn't feel alone or weird. I love Um, last week tonight also. It's like one of my favorites. I know. Um, They do some really good work. Yeah. And... uh, my friend reaction was the most disappointing because the people that I grew up with were some of them said, ew, Remy TMI. Somebody said, Ugh. don't start that. That's like, whatever. Um, that was something that I had to overcome. Um, they've all come around and been like, oh, wait, this was really important work. And um, sorry. And uh, spe- my- You know, when you get successful, that's what they say. Everyone comes back and they're like, oh yeah, that was a good idea. And you're like, yeah, no fucking thanks to you. Which I would prefer, honestly. Yeah, grovel. Unless, no, but like do that instead of being like, no, it's still stupid. Oh, like, do people like double down after no, it's like been successful? No, no, no. No, I'm saying I'm sure some people do that about other stuff, but oh, like that so? didn't happen for me. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, they they have turned around and my boyfriend, I have been dating the entire time. Oh, great. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
and he's a comic as well. So he's used to me talking about everything ever okay. on stage. And he does the same thing about me. Um, sometimes we'll do shows together. He'll talk shit on his girlfriend. I talk shit on my boyfriend. Nobody oh. knows who we're talking about. Oh, um, fun. Wait, okay. So <laughs> yeah. there's this like privacy element, but there yeah. is, that, that's a funny dichotomy actually of this idea. It's a that, little fun. Because then, then it's a little secret for you guys. Yeah. And, and yet you're both making it seem like everyone's in on it. So there's this kind mm-hmm. of like psychological openness, but at the same time, rightfully so, you need your own boundaries and your own privacy. And that's a great way. Sometimes to- I tell them for sure. And the people in the audience who know, like I'll be like, oh, give it up for Ben's girlfriend, slimy pussy or whatever. And they're like, <laughs> like we know that's you. Um, but uh, yeah, he was very supportive the whole time. Um, we used to get really annoying questions about like, oh, does he feel like emasculated? And it's like, what do you mean? His feelings were hurt as a boy? Um <laughs> right. What does that mean? Let's yeah, um, let's like really break that down. I think that's Does good. that mean he's bad at sex or whatever? No, Remy was bad at sex. Remy was with herself for 27 years and mm. couldn't unlock it. So how could I expect Ben to do right. that? Right. Um and he tried very hard and he's always been very supportive and sweet and love him. That's so wonderful. How long have y'all yeah. been together? 7 years, baby. Nice. I've been with my partner for almost 7 years too. Nice. Long time. A lot of similarities here. That's why we were stretching before. It's the seven year stretch. <laughs> that is that is oh, very good. Seventh yeah. inning stretch. That's seventh good. inning stretch. Right? Yeah. Uh wow. Okay. You're very fun and I've really enjoyed talking to you. And oh, I thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for being on this podcast. Um yeah, I mean, like as I said, twentieth episode, right? So we're we're imparting maybe some some wisdom here uh, for the last episode of the season to our mm-hmm. listeners. If people are listening, because our listeners, we've found through Instagram story quizzes, uh, no less, mm-hmm. that people are really interested in hearing content around orgasms and pleasure. And I'm sure yeah. it's just a general indication that they're thirsty for that content because they didn't receive it and they're not really mm. getting an authentic version of that elsewhere, maybe on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they have found. And so I'm wondering if you have any like words of wisdom for other people who might be struggling either to reach orgasm or to feel at home in their bodies or to feel like they are kind of able to give themselves permission to receive that pleasure. What, what would some, some words of wisdom be? Yeah. First of all, you're not alone. Hi, I was you a few years ago. Um, so don't think that you are, don't think you're the only person this has ever happened to, and don't think that there's no way that you'll ever be different um, because you saw it with me and not to plug, 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 but listen to how come at least uh, season one, episodes one through six, um, do my assignments with me. Don't just listen to them. A lot of people will write me, I I tried everything. And then I'm like, did you do them? No, I listened to all the episodes. No, you have to do them. Um, some of them, if you can't figure out, like there's like a tantric massage or like a female masturbation class, DM me, I will send you um, alternatives that you can do, little modifications. Um, but yeah, do it and dedicate the time to yourself because you deserve it. And it's going to be a whole new world for you. And I'm very excited. And if you're craving extra cum content, just because you're thirsty, we have congratulations, first time coming stories on most of our episodes. So the well has never run dry. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Uh, yeah. 
Amazing. That That is wonderful advice. Uh, where can people find you? How can they get to you on the internet? Yes, come find me on the internet. I live there. Um, my handle is Remy Casimir. Um, you can find How Come at How Come Podcast. My other podcast is Diet Starts Tomorrow, also on Instagram. And my cat is Gracie Muse. <gasps> Gracie Muse. Like the diner in New York. Yeah, that's so cute. I have a cat yeah. named Ruby. Oh, I love a Ruby. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Thank you so Gotta much. Gotta finish up with pussy though, right? <laughs> oh, nice. I really <laughs> didn't even make the connection. Um, thank you so much for being on. This has been so wonderful. Thank uh, you for so, having me. Yeah, so nice to meet you. And I hope that we can work together in the future. For sure. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our social media intern is Sarah Kelly. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. Want to advertise with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on IG at sexedwithdbpodcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. See you next time.